By now, we are getting to those top headlines unfolding in the state of Connecticut. Um, some really big stories here unfolding that are making an impact not only in local areas. We are talking state. We are also talking uh, beyond state lines. And so I'm joined with our um, reporter from our station, WFSB, out of Hartford, Connecticut, Roger Susannon, always on top of the latest information unfolding. He joins us live this morning with the newest information. Roger, always happy to have you joining us here on Local News Live. Good to see you. Unfortunately, we have some hard topics to get to this morning. Oh boy, we sure do, Jessica. It's good to talk with you. I wish we were talking about some happier news, yeah. but unfortunately, one of the big stories in Connecticut, as you know, is that a woman, a 56-year-old mother in Waterbury, was killed by a stray bullet. A woman named Mabel Martinez Mercado, she was sitting in her home sewing, if you can believe wow. that, when their shots fired outside her home. One of those stray bullets, unfortunately, entered her home and killed her, has struck her in the head and killed her, which is just a devastating blow, of course, for the entire community. And this woman is also the mother of a Connecticut hero, a local Olympian named Yaramar Mercado, who is a rifle shooter on the Puerto Rican Olympic team. As you can imagine, she's devastated. She's put out a message on social media honoring her mother. The latest development in this case, though, is that police have named a person of interest, a man named Levi Brock. And, and I think Waterbury we, I'm going to stop you real quick. I think we have his picture to show our viewers as you kind of talk more about this person of interest. So we'll pull that up while you're speaking about it. Okay, thank you so much. And normally, a lot of times we don't show people that are deemed persons of interest in homicide cases, but we want to show his picture and talk about him because Waterbury police are trying to track this man down. They believe... He had something, some kind of connection to this awful crime because, Jessica, there were two vehicles outside Miss uh, Martinez Mercado's home before this deadly shooting, and Levi Brock owns one of those vehicles. They found his car. They found the car, and they found a handgun in that car, but at this point, Levi Brock is nowhere to be found, and police are trying to track him down. So if you have any information for our local viewers or anyone else, contact the Waterbury police. But obviously, Jessica, as you can imagine, this is just a crime that has devastated everybody in our state. I mean, can you imagine this poor woman is in her home sewing in the safety of her own home, and a bullet comes in her home and, and kills her, which has just um, been a crushing blow for her family. We've chatted with them, and really the entire city of Waterbury and really the entire state of Connecticut. Yeah, absolutely horrifying. And I know, um, you know, yesterday, or I shouldn't say yesterday, I should say on Tuesday, when um, y'all are continuing your team coverage on that story, we continued to follow along and learn new information, and we were showing her picture. And I want to mention to our viewers, if you missed that coverage yesterday from WFSB um, or the live coverage on Local News Live, we have you covered because as soon as we wrap up this interview with you, Roger, I'm going to play some of uh, those stories back for our viewers just so they can get a better idea idea um, inside this investigation and, you know, showing the victim and, wow, just absolutely heartbreaking because this is a story that is impacting that community, um, just uh, really a community grieving and people from outside Connecticut also uh, feeling that same pain. Yeah, and, you know, a big thing, Jessica, is that people who live in the area where this woman was killed, Orange Street in Waterbury, they have been pushing police for more patrols and wow. 
they now say, listen, we need more patrols, and this is evidence of why. And Waterbury Police, they say they are going to step up patrols in that area, and they want to track down the people that are responsible because, Jessica, they believe that there were multiple shooters, two, perhaps three shooters, because they actually found more than 20 uh, bullet casings on the ground in that area, and another man was actually shot who was uh, walking around on the street. They believe that man was the intended target of this shooting. He fortunately will survive. But again, Ms. Martinez Mercado, who had nothing to do with this situation, is the one who ends up losing her life. So it's just uh, truly a heartbreaking situation all the way around. So obviously investigation, very active, um, police limited as to what information they can provide, um, of course, because it is an active investigation. Um, but are y'all getting any new details from police? Are y'all anticipating in, any new information to be released this week anymore? Yes, and that's an important question. We do anticipate more information from police. The chief of police in Waterbury, Fernando Spagnolo, he gave a press conference yesterday with that update. That happened around 9.30, I should say, on Tuesday, excuse yeah. me. And the chief said he does expect more updates. And the hope is that because multiple people were involved, if they can, for example, track down this guy, Levi Brock, they haven't named him a suspect. They've named him a person of interest. Mm -hmm. But they at least believe if they can find him, they might be able to kind of crack this case and bring the people. And again, because it's not just one person. We know, yeah. according to police, at least two people were firing their guns off on that street and potentially three people. So they're hopeful that if they can get one crack in this case, they might be able to bring multiple people into justice. Mm, wow, heartbreaking. Well, we will continue to follow along with any new information uh, that y'all provide for us there from WFSB. And also, again, I want to remind you, um, for our viewers just now uh, tuning in to this interview with Roger Susanan, one of our reporters there from WFSB, um, we're going to play the entirety of the story coming up after this interview. So stay tuned. Don't leave us now. Uh, we're going to showcase more of the story, kind of take you to the scene to paint more of the picture. And unfortunately, Roger, that's not the only story uh, that's making news in Connecticut. Uh, there's another big story. And, you know, I think it's important that this is highlighted because um, mental illness and um, mental illness awareness, a huge topic across our nation, not only in Connecticut, and you are covering a story that is really making waves. Let's talk more about that. Yeah, this is a story that impacts Connecticut, but certainly could have wider ramifications. And it's going on in a town called Killingly, which is in the eastern part of our state. And it's okay. a very important story. And it all begins with the fact that according to a survey, Jessica, you talked about the fact that mental health awareness is becoming a bigger topic and something that we're talking about more. 14%, nearly 15% of students in Killingly who were uh, who responded to a survey indicated that not only had they had thoughts of harming themselves, but that they had actually thought about a suicide plan. So can you imagine just how alarming that is for local parents in Killingly? So a lot of those students and their parents, they came up with a plan. Yeah to build a mental health clinic in the local high school, in Killingly High School, to kind of offer more mental health resources to students. And one of the things they loved about this plan was it wouldn't have cost the school district any money because it would be paid for completely with grants. Wow. The plan, though, was struck down by the local board of education in Killingly. And so you might think, well, that's the end of the story. Well, it's not the end of the story. 
those parents and those students appealed that decision and lodged a formal complaint about the Killingly Board of Education to the State Board of Education, which is located in Hartford. And now the State Board of Education says they want to investigate the Killingly Board's decision because they want to make sure that the Killingly Board of Education is providing a safe environment for kids. And they're basically saying, bottom line, listen, we need to do what we need to do as a state and as a community to provide mental health resources to the town of Killingly and the Board of Education. This story, it's already had an impact because the chair of the Board of Education in Killingly, the leader of that school district at the board level, she stepped down. She already resigned. So some people now are expecting the Board of Education Killingly to at least look into the possibility of re-examining their position. And as luck would have it, there's a Board of Education meeting in Killingly tonight. So this is kind of one of those reminders for your viewers out there mm -hmm. that regular people, regular students, regular parents, they can make a difference when they work together. And again, I'm yeah. not saying that they're going to be successful in this, but they have already had an impact in that a local board of ed chair has resigned. And perhaps more importantly, the state of Connecticut is now investigating their claims formally. Wow, this is a really interesting story um, that really has a lot of layers and elements, too. I feel like uh, this story, as you, as you just said a few sentences ago, you think it would end there, but it's not. I feel like this is a story we are definitely going to be hearing more about uh, throughout the coming weeks. Absolutely. And, you know, Jessica, mental health always top of our mind these days. Yeah. But especially with the COVID crisis in our country, mm -hmm. that has led to more anxiety for so many students, not just in Connecticut, but all across our viewing area, all across the country, probably the world. And so the discussions around creating an environment with more mental health resources for children, I think is one that a lot of communities are going to be having. And so I yeah. think certainly in Connecticut, people are going to be examining what happens here. Very interesting. So um, the, the newest information moving forward, the next step is the meeting that's happening Wednesday evening. And what do you anticipate to come out of that? I mean, are you hearing anything yet? Well, here's the big thing, Jessica. On the agenda tonight, mm -hmm. they are going to talk about this issue. They're going to talk about potentially they're deeming it as looking into alternative uh, options other than a mental health center uh, to create resources for these kids. But there's also public comments. And I know that a lot, I've talked to some of these parents and students, they're going to be at that meeting. They're yeah. going to be demanding action and they want this mental health clinic. And also, as I mentioned, don't forget, the former chair of the Board of Ed has stepped down. So now there is at least some thought that the Board of Ed, they will at least be asked to re-examine their position. So tonight could be a huge moment one way or another in terms of getting these parents and students the momentum they want, or in theory, the Board of Ed could slam on the break. So we're going to have to see what happens on Wednesday night. And I want to kind of take it back just real quick because it, um, it, it caught my attention when you mentioned it. You said, uh, again, not costing the school district any money, all funded with grants. And so do you know how much uh, money they were talking? Do we have a price tag? I don't have the figure in front of me, but okay. what is very interesting about that is that part of the uh, back and forth, the, the board was saying, well, we fear that it could lead to costs in the future. Mm. But unfortunately, the Killingly Board of Ed won't answer our questions. We've been trying to get in, in contact with them. Okay. But basically, they're going to take money that is from, um, some of it is federal, mostly it's federal grants. Mm -hmm. And so they say, look, if we shuffle this money around, and they also have a local therapy clinic that will provide services 
in some cases for free. It also, I should have pointed this out, it would be completely free for students to use as well. They would have no out-of-pocket costs. Yeah. So a lot of parents are you know, this is a no-brainer, and they're saying, look, even if it's something that is free initially that would cost money down the line, let's take advantage of the resources while they're free, and if the finances change, then we can re-examine. And the Board of Ed denied that request initially. The fact, though, that the state now is investigating some would say is put it could put pressure at least on the Kellenweg Board of Ed to hey should we listen a little more closely to some of these parents not that it's going to get them to change their mind but perhaps they should at least re-examine the issue. Wow this is a huge topic and of course we'll continue to follow along because a lot of new developments are are definitely going to come out of this story and also Roger um you know I want to remind our viewers again uh Roger you did a story you've continuing to follow this story on it's on the y'all's website right now wfsb.com but I'm going to play it for our viewers coming out of this live interview so if you are just tuning in you're hearing uh really the depth of the information as Roger has provided it but stick around because we're gonna have that video coming up for you uh, momentarily. All right, well, thank you for that update, Roger. Two really hot topics there in Connecticut that are not only making news in that state, in those local communities, but beyond. And uh, of course, Roger has a little um, fun story to tell you about. Not only is it fun, but it is a great story. I'm ready to hear all about it, helping uh, those in the Ukraine. Yeah, you know, Jessica, I love bragging about Connecticut. I can't help it. It's in my blood. But this is a really cool story. So a mom here in Connecticut in the town of Windsor, which is right near the Massachusetts border, she and her children had a really great idea, a really simple idea on its face. And that is they wanted to have a lemonade stand, but they wanted the proceeds to go to Ukraine. So they did that. They raised $300. They sent it to Ukrainian relief efforts. That sounds great, right? Yes. The story. It does. It, it gets so much better, Jessica, because what happened is other local families in Windsor heard about it and they said, wait, we want to do this too. So now dozens of kids, dozens of parents in Windsor, along with some local businesses in uh-huh. Windsor, they have started a lemonade stand. And I put that in quotes because it's <laughs> lemon AID, as in Cute. to Ukraine. And they're going to have a huge, they're working out the details right now. So I don't have the exact dates, yeah. but they are working out a plan to have this a larger and more extensive lemonade stand or lemonade stands, probably multiple places, and all of the money is going to go to Ukraine. And so it's so cool because it's, again, regular moms and dads and kids that are saying, you know what, if we band together, we can accomplish so many great things. And I just think about what a great lesson for those kids, you know, that, listen, if we all do a little bit, and we send this money to Ukraine to those that are less fortunate that are obviously struggling with a difficult situation. Um, we can make a huge impact. And I just love that this is happening in Connecticut and, and again, in a town called Windsor. And we have the details on that. We're going to keep updating it on our website, WFSB.com and the Channel 3 app. I absolutely love that story. Oh, my gosh. So heartwarming to hear about. I love it. Yeah, they really are. And I love it. Lemon AID. I didn't even, who would have thought, right? (laughs) (laughs) So easy. And I was thinking, that is so cute. I wouldn't have even thought about that. That's adorable. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Okay. Absolutely. No, it's a 
Great Sue, I have a question for you. Um, we've been talking about top stories all throughout the day on Local News Live, and I love speaking with Roger Susannon, our reporter from WFSB in Connecticut, each week. Um, so he always has a great um, spin on things. And so I'm curious. I know you've heard about that chip, um, the great television. If you head on over, no matter where you uh, where are where are you wherever you are this morning, I'll get out eventually. Um, you can head on over to your local great television station. But I encourage you to go to WFSB. Uh, because our gray national, they have it posted to their website. We're talking about that microchip um, that this company in Europe is saying, hey, we can implant your wallet in your hand. Have you read the story, Roger? I have read the story. I've heard a little bit about it. And I just got to say, I don't know. I'm skeptical. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm too old school. I'm like, we're going to implant it in your hand? Can you believe I don't that? Know. Now, the good news though, would be I'm the type, I'm always losing my keys, losing my wallet. So you know what? On second thought, inject everything into me. It's fine. You know? <laughs> put my key fob, put my wallet. Yeah, I'll be really. the guinea pig, I guess. Well, I just had to bring that up because, again, it is trending this week. So many people are talking about If you haven't heard about it, um, again, it's a, it's a chip that this company is saying, hey, we'll implant it in your hand. It's your wallet. All you have to do is just scan your hand across the little machine, and you're paid out. I was, I, I, when I was reading the details this morning, sharing it with our viewers, I was like, wow, technology has come a, a long way. <laughs> I know, and it's funny that you say, Jessica, because I was totally against this, and I've literally, in about the 30 seconds that you just described it, I'm fully on board. <laughs> and I, but I think it should only be for the people who desperately need it, the people that could use a little help with their organization. I understand some people might say, oh, it's a privacy concern. Oh, there could be you know, security issues. That may be. But if it would make my life easier... I'm going to roll the dice. You know, as much as I move my hands around, I'd be paying for everybody's stuff. <laughs> but, Roger, if you decide to get it, it's going to cost you $300, and there is no refund, just so you're aware. <laughs> I when I get to yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Local News Live. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, I encourage our viewers, head on over to WFSB.com, download the app. They have you covered. You never know. Some of the stories that they're reporting on their local may have an impact in another community uh, across the nation. So, again. All right. Great to see you, Roger. My pleasure, Jessica. Let's do it again soon. Have a great week. Thanks for all that you do. All right, well, don't leave us here on Local News Live. I'm Jessica Bowman, and we are going to show you uh, some of the stories that we were talking about there with Roger Susannon. Um, again, and a lot of those stories uh, making an impact not only in local communities but across the nation. And so we talked about two different stories um, that are really impacting viewers there, local communities, um, and beyond. And so I want to take you back because I want to show you some of the coverage that WFSB provides. Provided. Um, I want to show you some of the images, some of the pictures, just to, um, you know, get it fresh on your memory to help paint the picture of what has unfolded there. So um, we'll start with the most recent story that Roger was speaking about when it came to the hard news section. And, um, you know, he was talking about the school board, the Killingly School Board in Connecticut meets tonight, uh, that being Wednesday night, in wake of a mental health facility fiasco is, uh, is what it's being called here. And so let's talk more about that. Again, this is a look back at Roger's story here as we continue to follow along with these top headlines unfolding out of Connecticut. Let's take a listen in. 
636 now. A large group of Killingly students and parents say there is a mental health crisis in their school district. And local school leaders, they say, have failed to solve the problem. And now the State Board of Ed is investigating the issue. Channel 3 Eyewitness News reporter Roger Susanna now joins us live in the studio. And Roger, is it true that we could see an important step forward tonight? It really is because there's actually a Killingly Board of Ed meeting this evening, and it could be contentious because many students and parents claim the local board has actually been an, an impediment to progress. And now, as you mentioned, the state is examining that serious allegation. Killingly families have been fighting this fight for a long time. They pushed to build a mental health clinic within Killingly High School to offer more services to local kids because they say mental health problems are an epidemic in Killingly. A recent survey showed nearly 15% of middle and high school students who responded had formulated a suicide plan. But the local Board of Ed rejected the proposal. So last week, some parents and students traveled to Hartford to ask the state to step in. I really wish that, you know, our school could have some support because I think it's having an effect on our behavior and our learning. Many families were especially frustrated because the mental health clinic would be paid for with grant money, so it wouldn't cost the district a dime. But supporters may have momentum on their side now. After last week's meeting, the State Board of Ed has announced they will investigate the Killingly Board's decision. Parents we spoke with say they will not stop fighting because the stakes are simply too high. Because one day my child will be in high school and this is something that should be in place for all children. And I think it's for the best for everybody. Now it is possible that Killingly's Board of Ed could reverse course tonight, especially because its former leader, Chair Janice Jolly, abruptly resigned last week. Roger Suzanne in Channel 3 Eyewitness News. All right, so that was Roger's story on um, that story that's continuing to make news there in the state of Connecticut. And of course, uh, you know, if you are just joining us, the state in Connecticut, well, Connecticut uh, has opened an investigation into a board of education there in Killingly. So we'll continue to follow along with any new information developing in that story. And uh, a lot could come out of the meeting tonight. That's what Roger and I were discussing uh, just a short time ago. And so another story that he mentioned that is continuing to develop the investigation continues. This is a story that is capturing the attention of so many people, not only in Waterbury, Connecticut, but the entire state and across our nation. Now a person of interest is being sought in the mother's death. And this is um, a mother. Her, her daughter was an Olympian and the mother was killed by a stray bullet while she was inside her home. So right now we are going to take a look back. You're going to see the picture of the victim. You're also going to hear more about this story that's, again, creating a lot of attention. New information right now, an innocent woman killed in a drug deal gone wrong. We are learning more right now about the death of a 56-year-old mother in Waterbury. Police say the suspects are convicted felons who should not have had guns in the first place. Channel 3 Eyewitness News reporter, uh, the Waterbury Bureau Chief, I should say, Dennis Valera, reports on the police chief's pleas for change. I relay to them. The sorrow from the city, from myself. Addressing Mabel Martinez Mercado's family, Chief Fernando Spagnolo made a promise. Words uh, cannot describe or, or console you. We understand that. Um, but we vow to you we're going to work very hard to make sure that we understand what happened here and we bring the people to justice. Chief Spagnolo says the bullet that killed Mabel came from two cars right outside. The gunfire between them also hurt a man outside who Chief Spagnolo confirmed was the intended target. One of the drivers has already been identified and questioned. The second, 34-year-old Levi Brock, is now being sought by police. 
They've already seized his car and found a gun inside. It's a broken record. We hear it time and time again. Chief Spagnuolo says Brock is on probation for assault and other charges. But his criminal history does not stop there. He's been convicted on numerous charges, including reckless endangerment, cruelty to animals, and various drug charges. Chief Spagnuolo says felons on probation are usually involved in these crimes. They may have weapon disqualifier charges against them, yet they continue to be in possession of weapons. They continue to be able to, to get weapons handguns specifically, so we need to take a look at that. Ah, Abel's family plans to bring her home to Puerto Rico. Chief Spagnolo shared some words on their behalf. They are uh, appreciative of the support from, uh, from the community and from the city, uh, and they are just looking to um, console themselves. Chief Spagnolo says they've increased patrols in the area in response to this. So far, the city has had 24 shooting victims in 2022. Mabel is the city's fourth homicide victim this year. Here in Waterbury, Dennis Valera, Channel 3, Eyewitness News. All right, so again, uh, top coverage from WFSB for continuing updates. Of course, I encourage you to head on over to their website, WFSB.com. Make sure to download that news app as well so you can receive new alerts as they come in.